0: welcome to blackbird episode number 38 my name is james and today i am joined by conrad of the conrad podcast conrad is well he's unique I don't want to give too much by way of introduction because I let Conrad kind of speak at length about his own kind of journey and his story. I do highly recommend that you check out his podcast, though, if you're into any of the stuff that we discuss in this interview. If you are a materialist, which I think most of the people who listen to this podcast are, it is my firm opinion that right now we are entering an age where materialism is not going to be helpful. And when I say materialist, I don't mean like a consumerist where, you, where you're where you just accumulating stuff. I mean, if you see the world as something concrete and the incorporeal, maybe spiritual, esoteric universe that exists outside of the physical, if that kind of thing bores you or scares you or makes you uncomfortable or you just don't think it's important, then I think probably you are in store for a mind shift or for some suffering. I'm not saying that as a threat. I'm saying that as someone who's just like you. You've heard me before talk about this stuff. I think that it's important that we kind of open our open our minds and open our hearts to what is coming in this world if we're going to survive. And so some of my other past guests who are more spiritually inclined than I am to try to bring that message to you and to myself so that we can survive and not only survive, but also thrive in the kind of age that's coming. And besides that, you know, I mean, I I think that it's important for our own kind of soul work to understand this stuff to, and see, there I go. I'm talking, I'm talking cerebrally, materialistically, rather than spiritually. Understand is a very materialist word and I, I can't even think of a of a like less materialist word, maybe feel this, maybe grasp it emotionally, spiritually, metaphysically. It's tough for me to, to step out of that box. So I'm working on it, I'm trying, and I would like for you to join me in that journey. Before we get started, let me tell you once again about Paloma Verde CBD. Right now it is July. We're coming up on July 4th weekend. And I know that my dog is terrified of thunder and fireworks and gets very, very uncomfortable and panicky. He was on Prozac, like actual Prozac, the 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 medicine that you take for depression. And it was working pretty well, but I kind of felt guilty. He wasn't eating well. He was lethargic and just didn't have the normal spunk that he normally has. I just kind of felt weird about putting this medication in his body. He didn't like it. I had to encase it in peanut butter. And even then he was very skeptical of the peanut butter. (laughs) Um, But I went to palomaverdecbd.com. They've got CBD specifically formulated for dogs. It's flavored like meat. So the dog loves it. I just put a dropper on his food every morning and evening. He's no longer lethargic. He's still energetic, but he's much less anxious. He doesn't bark when the door opens. He doesn't like, you know, I mean, he still curls up on the couch next to me or, you know, on the floor next to my desk when there's thunder and fireworks and things like that. But he does not, he doesn't start vibrating. He doesn't shake and shiver. You know, it's a calm anxiety, I guess you could say. And besides that, you know, I mean, he's just a lot more chill. And I can tell that the CBD is helping him not be so anxious. So that's good. If you don't have dogs, the CBD is also good for cats although it is only for dogs and cats. Don't give it to your fish or your hamster. They've also got, obviously, human CBD. I highly recommend their tincture, especially the mint-flavored one. I take it every single morning. It helps me wake up. It helps me kind of take some of the edge off in a kind of hectic and stressful life that I live. So I definitely recommend that you check it out. If you spend $75 and use offer code BLACKBIRD at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order at palomaverdecbd.com. Check him out now. And with that, here is my interview with Conrad. Conrad, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, man, for having me on. I appreciate this. Sure. So uh, I discovered your podcast, which is creatively named Conrad. Yeah, I'm very uncreative.
1: No, I'm just joking. No, it's great. <laughs> uh,
0: somehow. I don't remember, like I was saying before we started recording, I, I don't remember yeah. where it, how it came into my sort of consciousness, which is... That's a good noun, I think, to describe your show. (laughs) Before we get too into it, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so people know who we're talking to?
1: Sure. Um, Well, my name is Conrad. And, you know, I'm just a, a, a person who dares to think freely in an era where that seems to be increasingly more controlled, demonized, and lessened, you know, lessened. So I just, you know, I started a podcast a few years back. Originally, I started it um, just because I was writing sort of a memoir. It's a novelization of a memoir is my book. And I was just like talking about it, just trying to, you know, just create on the go. And then about a year ago, before COVID, I kind of realized I want, that there's a lot of people out there that feel like they're going through a personal awakening or a change in the consciousness. And, you know, that's, some, that's something along the lines of my own personal journey. So I just like, well, I'm going to start interviewing these people and see what comes of it. So if anyone out there ever listens to my podcast, you're going to get a lot of wild thoughts. But I, I try to bring as much different thinking on as possible and hold space for them and interact with them from a point of view of not judgment, but just a willing learner. doesn't mean I believe everything that is on there, but, I, you know, I just, I'm a big believer in just freedom of expression and you know, so that's kind of my goal. That's my purpose. And you know, I, I love comedy. I love making people laugh. So I try to have fun along the way. And, you know, I'm I'm an aspiring comedian as well, author, podcaster, the whole deal. Like everyone else on 20, you know, on planet <laughs> Earth these days. So I'm no different than anyone else. I'm just Conrad. <laughs> yeah. So
0: what what do you think accounts for this sort of is it a trend? Is it is it just like we're entering an age where it's sort of necessary? What what do right. you think? What do you think is causing this thing where people are just all of a sudden, I don't even want to say they're like becoming super spiritual. They're becoming
1: something though. What do you think that is? Right. Well, you know, there's, that's the thing is like, what is going on and how do we not use the same language that we've always used to describe, you know, what is, feels new or fresh or sort of like a revolution, but not put it in those terms of like what we've grown up like religion, like spiritual, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, right? So I agree with you there. I don't know. I have my own theories, obviously can't prove them, can't disprove them. But basically it comes down to me is I just feel like the planet, the human consciousness, I feel like we're all connected in a lot of ways. And I just think that there is this constant struggle between um, those that want to control our consciousness versus those that want to be free. So I think we're in this constant back and forth this yo-yo, if you will, of just like people, the collective consciousness, you, me, individuals all around the world who are striving for more. And then you have like, these corporate entities and those, the powers that be, whatever you want to call them, that understand that control doesn't come with a free-thinking population. So there's this squeeze that's happening. But I think there's an adverse effect to that from their perspective. It's like the harder they squeeze, the more rebellious we come. And then maybe by default, we sort of fall back into our original perspective and roots, maybe getting back more in line with nature, getting away from like the processed plastic you know, reality that has been forced down our throats and is like deemed the way we have to live in reality. I think, honestly, I think Western civilization as a whole has come to like a tipping point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we're at. I think we're at the tip of the spear. And I think people like you, I think people like myself, and I think a lot of the listeners too, who enjoy these kind of conversations are individuals that are going to lead to a different um, plan for planet earth than what is currently being planned for us. I know it's a long answer. I hope that made sense. No, it's
0: great. So when you say what what's being planned for us, are you referring to things like the Great Reset and yeah. sort of the, just the kind of political milieu that we're finding ourselves in right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I know I know you're um, a libertarian. I took a little, uh, hey, I, I consider myself a little libertarian myself. You said I wasn't one. I, I got a bone to pick with you. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, the, the reason I say that is I feel like you kind of transcend politics. Whereas oh, yeah, for cool. people in my space are like hyper-focused on it. And I'd like yeah. for us not to be.
1: Yeah. I feel you there, but it's tough because it's like, that's the nature of duality. That's the only mm. way I look at reality. I'm not saying duality can't, like needs to go away, like good, bad, and all that stuff. Like there's just a natural ebb and flow again, that yo-yo of reality. But I agree with you in that sense. It's like when it becomes your primary focus and then you start to take a step back and you realize they understand this, the algorithms understand this. You know, when, 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 um, to get a little political, when Kamala Harris, for example, I was, um, on the recent holiday, um, like didn't honor the veterans. What- you know, on veterans, her first tweet was just like, "Enjoy your long weekend." Like that's by design. That all that is not mm-hmm. only to it's that's that that's going after both sides, right? That's to get both the positive reaction yeah. from those that are the heroes, that viewers a hero, and then those that view as a villain. That's to get the emotional pull from them too, and that's the trick of politics. It's not even it's not just who you're cheering for, but it's also the villains. But they recognize that they understand yeah. that the algorithms get it. So my perspective is, is what let's pull out of it completely. What if mm-hmm. three hundred and thirty Million, uh, million Americans, for example, just said no more to this new political spectrum that is being created in mass. H- how would they have any say? Is it idealistic? Absolutely. But I gotta believe. You know, I'm going to believe the way, the future I want to envision is the future I, I have to start living because ultimately I can only change myself. So I can't force this down anyone's throat. But it's like, hey. I, you know, a decade plus ago, I was all in on hope and change, right? Mm. I was one of those dudes, right? And then you start to realize, oh, it's all a game, right? And then, then like, the last-ditch effort was, like, Bernie Sanders, right? Mm. And you're like, okay, at least he, he – yeah, he, he wants – you know, it's socialism, but he seems to, like, like us, so it's cool. And I want everyone to have a chance. You know, I get that. And then you realize, oh, that's all garbage, too. And then, you know, you go full spectrum, and then you dip your – me, anyways. I dip my hands into the ideas. Well, Trump's a little wild, but is he – Is does he have some good ideas or is there a level of free and then like, oh, he's a character too. So I just look at politics as they're literal characters designed to pull emotional energy, both positive and good, because that is how that's the nature of energy, you know, Mm -hmm. polarity. And when they do that, they control us on the whole. So I walked away from all of it. So in that sense, I guess I am a libertarian, but I don't see myself voting in any election as a libertarian, if that makes sense. Sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's the that's that's kind of the 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 bitch of it, is that. You know, right. you've got you've got these great movements like Occupy and the the yeah. Ron Paul movement, the the and the Fed stuff. That you know, both of those things have just completely turned into you know, like you said, play acts now.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's again, it's by design. The the a, a ton of the Ron Paul movement, which I was a part of, you know, sure. in two thousand eight to twelve, is now like part of the QAnon movement, which is just a complete <laughs> caricature <laughs> right. of right. the reality. I don't even want to call it the reality of things, but a, yeah. a caricature of political drama. It's like Yeah. It's like an action movie or Yes. I mean, they're setting dates. They 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 they're prophesying. It's it's identical to the to the the Great Awakening in the American yes. Protestant movements, you know, of the 19th century, which Ooh. makes me wonder. And then also you see the, you see the people who worship masks. I mean, it's, it's there's there is there is no difference between the trust the science crowd and a cult of yeah. personality in the 19th century. Um, so that makes me <laughs> wonder if this is sort of an oscillation. Getting back to like sort of this this entering of an age, do you think that we kind of oscillate between like an age of say like hyper reason and science, mm. like real science and and reading books and stuff like that, and on one hand, and then maybe an age of
1: magic and feelings and and oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I, I, maybe it's t- you know like I don't know for sure, but I get what you're saying. It's like for every action, there's a reaction, and usually there's it's the counter because all right, let's do it different because clearly this didn't work. So there is like that strong desire to try something new. I understand it from that perspective, but I guess like historically speaking, I don't really trust the history books per se. Obviously mm-hmm. there's elements of it that I obviously believe, but in terms of, I'll give you a perfect example. Like I've, um, oh, by the way, I apologize in advance. I always say a perfect, ex- all my examples are perfect. <laughs> That's great. No, it's <laughs> if, you per- notice, it's perfect. if you notice, if you <laughs> notice, there's just examples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's, you know, there's so basically Western civilization going back to Europe and the Vatican and all this stuff. They're the ones writing the history books, right? Mm-hmm. So their version of history of taking over Europe and eventually colonizing West is through that, that Christian, you know, perspective, that monotheistic Western civilization paradigm. And this pagans are considered evil. Pagans are considered, you know, the na- natives to the first indigenous peoples. I'm half Native American. Um, you know, that's considered like a lower form of lifestyle, right? That's the history that we were grown up in, that we were taught. Right, But then you, you start to like – so I've done a lot of research as I've tapped into – because I wasn't born in um, – I'm half Blackfoot essentially, Blackfoot Indian. And I wasn't raised in that culture because I never knew my dad. So a big part of my own personal journey, my own big per, uh, part of my personal awakening was getting back in roots with the, my indigenous self, right? So a big part of my calling is to learn and relearn uh, or remember in many cases like the DNA, gen- genetic coding and all stuff, but that's a whole different topic. Um, sort of like what it meant to be a Native American also – what their actual history was from their mouths, the oral histories, right? So what you start to see is is like things like magic and stuff like that. They t- they don't they're never going to come out and say it, but it's there, mm-hmm. right? You, the, there's there's these you could call them psychedelic experiences that they have in these sweat lodges and things like that, and there's this different connection to spirit that didn't require a third party to monitor, obviously control, and then dictate how we are supposed to interact with the metaphysical, with the spiritual, whatever you guys want to call it. Um so when you start to realize that you start to realize there's these little hidden pockets throughout history that they had a different understanding of what it meant to be alive as a human right? And a lot of it was reconnected. It was just more of a stronger connection to nature. It was a simpler lifestyle. It was a healthier lifestyle, so whatever you want to call it, right? But we've been so beaten down with this idea of consumerism, of just, you know, just big business, just corporate way of everything plastic. There's this, like, there's this back and forth. So when you say there's this ebb and flow, I agree with you, but I wonder if it goes a little bit deeper than that, right? I wonder if what's going on right now is people realize that fake reality that has been placed over us that we see on commercials that we see through the media that we see through celebrities that it's just kind of reached the end and it's like this isn't this isn't what life is about i have no desire to be like so-and-so celebrity right i have no desire to oh like you know one of the funniest things is like the idea of heaven, right? Christian heaven, where you're going to go to heaven and you're going to have a mansion. It's like I don't even want a mansion. I'm a minimalist. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like so. So even like the afterlife is still under this idea of consumerism, right? So mm-hmm. I think there's just a a breaking free of that, and it, it's going to express itself in wild ways. Because ultimately, I think every single person, including all your listeners, are unique creatures of eternity, sovereign beings who, through the realm of reincarnation, all that stuff. We're here having an experience that we all wanted to experience for whatever reasons, whatever lessons, whatever it is. And we're tapping back into our true nature, which is more in line with spirit, which is more in line with the environment, which is more in line. And but here's the trick of it. And I'm gonna stop here because I just went on a long ramp. They know this, right? So it's like, oh, we gotta treat the, we gotta treat the environment better, right? Okay. Let's figure out how we can tax people through this and yeah. create a new paradigm of economic slavery and control. That's the trick of it. So when you mentioned QAnon, that's what came to my thought, right? There's a lot of people that realize the government is shady, right? So there's a lot of questions that start to happen. Well, what is it? What is it? Albert Pike, the old Mason says, we control both sides. We provide both the villains and the heroes, right? So let's give them a hero to cheer for in this realm of thought of free thinkers that are trying to break free and get them back in line into a control model that will also create division along the way. That's how I understand QAnon.
0: Oh, that was a lot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize for it. It was, it was, it was perfect. Uh, (laughs) So one thing that I don't know if it's you or just sort of like recent guests have talked about is everything is fake.
1: That's not me, but I, I, I'm very aware of it.
0: Okay. What does it mean? And if it's not you, then what is you?
1: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So everything is fake is, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them. Um, I'm some of my friends, right. And there are a lot of podcasts and stuff out there, but they do a lot of stuff. Like they're, they're in the nitty gritty, right? Like they're, they're showing like, I'll give you an example. No, I, I, I managed to not say perfect just now. Um, like when the Joe Biden did that interview and you could clearly see his hand go through the microphone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. it's like, so it's like, wait, what's going on there? That doesn't mean Joe Biden, quote, unquote, doesn't exist. doesn't mean the United States government doesn't exist. But it's like, why in that moment was there a, a deliberate CGI performance by the person that is supposed to be the freestanding person of the world? So that raises a lot of questions. It's right, all right, if they're going to fake that. let's just say that scenario right there is a CGI entity. Well, if they're going to take if they're going to do that, why wouldn't they go the whole way? I mean, doesn't it kind of feel like, They're trying to show right now that America can be led by a literal like mop. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they're just trying to take a mop right? And they're, through the through the manipulation of the media, they're trying to make him look like a hero. Like you saw that Time magazine where he was going to meet Putin and he's got Putin in the shades, those stupid Joe Biden shades that he always wears. Yes. And it's like, and it's not even him. It's just a digital creation. And it's like, I feel like they're trying to, how far they can, can they push digital manipulation through social media, through news reports, things of that nature to get people riled up, to get people oh. fighting, to get people going after each other. And it's like, man, if we can pull off a literal doormop as president and make him seem like a hero, then how much power do we have to control the free, the, the quote unquote free thinking minds of Americans? So that's kind of one way to look at everything. It's fake. There's a lot of ways to to go with it. And there's a lot of things I disagree with it. Um, but, but for me, uh, the way I look at the government is like, yeah, it's fake. I don't think that I, I view, I like, like the movie Wally, for example, um, you know, all the humans are up in space, right? While the the, the earth is just full of junk. And they're in these, they're in their, they're in their little recliners that move, right? They're, 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 they're have their flat screen TVs. They're all out of shape, and they're just, they're just being entertained and fed, right? As they're doing nothing with their reality. And then halfway through the movie, I think they're all in the color red, or they're all in the color blue. And then like over the, over the flat screens and all the entertainment and stuff, they're like, you got to get the new thing. If it was blue, then it goes to red. You need to get red. Look at red. Oh, you need to get blue. And everything changes. Their cups change color. Their clothes change color. All the things change color. And they're like, oh, this is new, but it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was an allegory to show what the political system is like. It's like every four to eight years, we're switching teams, but they're both owned by corporate en- entities. Yeah. And anyone that's any sort of honest honest eyes can see that at this point. So that raises the question from your end. And I feel like that's probably what you're, you know, what you're part of is like, well, how do we deal with that? How do you how do we deal with this pseudo-exchange of power that both are corporately tied to those same multinationals? That's a real problem. That's the question of our age. And I think that's the thing that people are pushing, you know, mentally against.
0: Well, and one of the big debates in libertarian circles right now is, you know, libertarians have always thought entrepreneurs and private companies can can, you know, I mean, basically exist in a free market and do what they want. Right. But right now like you said the corporate elites for lack of a better term i guess yeah. control the state and there's been such a merging of corporation and government that it goes kind of beyond the military industrial complex which you know libertarians and everybody have always opposed right. to where now it's like the military tech banking insurance yes. medical just everything right congress and bureaucracy complex and so you've got, like, libertarians on one hand saying, oh, no, no, you know, Facebook's a private company. They can do whatever the hell they want. You know, they're, they're not censoring you because they're not right. the government. Only the government can censor. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, arguably, they were founded as a tool of the CIA. Right. Like,
1: <laughs> so <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So where is that line drawn? And that, that's definitely, like, an, an internal libertarian argument. Right. In reality, we're losing freedom. Right. And— I think that people like you, uh, and hopefully people like me, are helping people like our audiences combat that.
1: Yeah. Well, guys, just to speak on that last part real quick. Yeah. I think anyone out there um, who feels this way understand you're not alone, and it, you can speak out. It's okay. Like it's it's okay yeah. to speak freely. It really is. And there's a so, there's a level of sovereignty there, and you'll be. I mean, just the other day, I had to go to the DMV, and I went in. And everyone has their masks on, even though the mask policy is no longer in effect, right? Well, fundamentally, right? Mm-hmm. If you have the vaccine, you don't need to wear it, but they can't check as of this moment. So, you know, no one puts it on. I know I don't. And I don't have the vaccine. Oops. Um, <laughs> but I was, like, I was like, wow. like people, like people, It's just like they're accepting it, right? But the next day, I had to – I kissed the DMV. I had to go back second day. And I come back in. And there wasn't as many people because I went very early in the morning and I wasn't wearing my mask. Right. And since it was early in the day and there wasn't a lot of people there, and since the numbers were smaller and there were several people that saw me without a mask, suddenly they felt confident enough to take it off themselves. Right. So I think it's this is where this this to me is the definition of statism. It's just removing your personal. Power, obviously like this is the most like in the name of safety, in the name of care, all those those little catchwords that are just nothing more than giving than giving them control uh-huh. so that you don't have your personal power as a free sovereign being of eternity. My perspective again doesn't mean it's true, but it feels right, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's just it's just when you put yourself out there, when you choose to be a shining light, when you take a stand for freedom, even if I'm no longer worried about like what's the perfect definition of freedom. There's a like, few tenets, absolutely, right? But for me, it's like, get, just, just, just get yourself out there. If you want to start a podcast, do it. It just takes a couple things and you load it up. If you want to write a book about it, go ahead. If you want to do expressive art and put it out there, everyone has their unique part to play in this dance. And the moment you step into your true role, y- who you truly believe you are, you're inevitably going to help somebody else and encourage them. And in doing so, we start to lift each other up. And that's when I talk – when I talk about the collective consciousness, That that's what I mean. When people are true to themselves and they do it in a way where it's about sovereignty and it's about loving others and it's about caring and things of those of that nature, inevitably you're going to inspire somebody else to do it. So don't be in fear. Fear is what the state offers us, and they never offer us anything good. So why well, think that's the answer? No, inverse it. They inverse everything against us, so let's inverse it back. They give us technology so that they can ultimately try to control us. Let's use let's use technology to speak freely until they try to mess with us. You see what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. get in the game and let's have fun with it, and let's see where it falls.
0: I feel like this is a softball question, and you're, <laughs> and, I, and I know what your I know what your answer is going to be. Uh-oh. I think. And I'll Uh tell you, I'll tell you if I was right after you, after you expound and expand on it, would you consider yourself more of an individualist or a collectivist?
1: Ooh, I think I'm an individualist. I really do. But I guess I really depends. I'm not, I'm not an expert on definitions. So I guess, what would your definition of individualist be? And what would your definition of collectivist be? And then give me your, then I'll tell you my answer.
0: <laughs> okay. So that, that's about what I thought you were going to say. Okay. Um, I don't have good definitions of either of those because. Okay. Um, What's the difference then, I guess, from your perspective? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, so libertarians and I would say those who are like in the tradition of the Enlightenment Okay. Would consider themselves individualists because they don't, for instance, believe in collective consciousness or believe mm. in like collective guilt, even where so, so, like the idea of white privilege or right. of, uh, or any of the sort of like Marxist, right? You know, workers of the world unite, all of those things would be considered collectivist notions. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, for an individualist, it would be, you know, no, no, I, I don't want to unite with you unless like we're friends or we're members right. of the same family. So I guess for an individualist, like that that doesn't mean that they live on an island um, unto themselves, but it means that any sort of group that they're part of is something that they've joined consciously and voluntarily.
1: Yeah, I would. Okay. Then I would definitely say individualist. Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a lone wolf just by default. Um, that's something that I've actually had to learn, like, like, you know, doing, you know, swap casts and stuff like that. And, and, and you know, and like making friends, knowing that they're going to help you and you're going to help them in terms of like getting like promotion out and stuff like that. So that's something I like, I still have to learn. Like, so I think there's aspects of it where like as the community, but yeah, going back to the idea of indigenous cultures yeah. and, and maybe that's, you know, that's the challenge of our times. like, how do we merge sort of like an old school way, small town feel of existence where we're there for our neighbor. It's like, I'm going to take care of myself. And at worst, if I have to ask my neighbor for a hand, you know, we have a good enough relationship where that's not a big deal because I've helped them in the past and stuff like that. That's like a natural, organic form of collectivism that I, you know, I'll definitely get behind. But it's when, it's when the state comes in, you know, masquerading mm-hmm. Like this is how it's going to be good for everyone because we're going to right the wrongs and we're going to fix this and we're going to mandate and dictate what needs to be. And it's just weird. I I shouldn't say it's weird because hey, like I said, I was a hope and change dude, you know, a decade plus ago. So everyone has their own journey. And but it's like once you see through the veil of oh, that's a character. I mean, my one of the most one of the best Barack Obama moments is when he actually is drinking that Flint water. You know, and he's like, people are gonna think this is a photo op, but I'm telling you, it's not. This is good water. You know, it's like that. Like, oh my that, god! You know, at that moment, I, mo- I don't think I even knew about that. Oh, you got to So it's probably on YouTube. It's it's that great. So funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's and he's he was supposed to be the politician that wasn't the photo op guy, but again, the state always inverses everything, and he was actually the president that was the photo op guy. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So th- 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 it's always like that's all that form of collectivism is always like, here's our right hand, but here's what we're really slapping you with our left. And no, I can never get behind that. So it's weird because it's like, I'll ask you this in your perspective, you know, with social credit scores in China digital currency coming faster than most people are really prepared for Mm. the dollar you know it's already it's been backed by nothing forever but now countries are starting to say no to it it seems like we're printing it at what we are printing it at record record rates and the nefarious side of me the the conspiracy side of me wants to say that's by design Mm -hmm. because of the great reset the imf The World Economic Forum and their papers—they've already come out and they've said they want to make XRP the world's reserve currency. Like we're in this change, right? And you go on YouTube and you'll find it. But you know, I'm invested in digital currency, right? Mm -hmm. But you like, you go on YouTube and they'll make it seem like it's the most freedom thing, right? But there's that part of me that just makes me think this is just the next layer of the matrix, if you want to call it that next layer of control, where it's like all our money is online. You have a social credit score that you can get fined with if you don't fall in line. And that seems, and, and even in China already, it's like they go everywhere with their cell phones and they have constant COVID updates. Oh, this is a green. Oh, you're, you're, you're yellow. It's like, that's where we're headed. Like, that's what they want. If you can't see that at this point, I don't know what to tell you as, as the listener, if you're hearing this and you're like, what? Like, that's, that's the best case scenario of their version of reality. And it's like, well, do you want that? I know I don't. So what do I need to do to make sure that doesn't happen?
0: Yeah. China has been kind of held up as the, uh, the, like the system to emulate by all of these people. Right. XRP is the reserve currency. I hadn't heard that.
1: Who did you say put that forth? I believe it was on the world economic forum, the IMF. If, Holy if you, shit! yeah, they, they're already like, that's, what's interesting about XRP in particular. Cause it's, it's like has the lawsuit um, yeah. right now with the United, with the sec. Um, so United States users theoretically aren't allowed to purchase it. Um, but it's, but it's already making backdoor deals with all these banks. Yeah. So it really, you know, I'm not an expert on digital currency, and I'm not an expert on what's going to happen. I read as much as any, watch as much as anyone else. But it seems like that's the chosen coin because it makes, um, it does like a 10,000 or some some crazy number of transactions at a super fast speed yeah. at four pennies. So of course the banks want this. And yeah. it seems like all this is theater right now to make it seem like you don't. So then it's the whole the rich people are buying it up, while the poor people are in fear selling it and all that stuff. But yeah, what's your take on digital currency in general, anyways?
0: All of my money is in digital currencies right oh, now. Oh, all right, there we go. Mostly Bitcoin and, and Ether and Link. Yeah. For those who aren't quite into this subject, as uh, <laughs> some of my, you know, I mean, I've had, I've had a, I've had a crypto expert come on a couple of times. Um, oh, nice. But we didn't talk about XRP yeah. because it's always been seen as just like a joke. Yes. Because so just for kind of backstory, XRP is the digital currency put forth by this company called Ripple, and Ripple is a centralized sort of like banker-owned operation, mm-hmm. and they're like under investigation and they're, and they're being sued by the SEC for for their business practices. So it, it would not surprise me in the least if this is all just a setup to you know have them make a deal with sort of the right the the world bankers. It's
1: sneaky, right? To make right? them
0: even more powerful than they were, right? And I held some XRP until they until they got sued, and then I sold all of it except for the. I think it's like twenty XRP. You you're just <laughs> stuck with it, <laughs> right? Let me look. Yeah, it's twenty point. I've got twenty point one eight six XRP in my nice. <laughs> in my ledger wallet right now. Yeah. That you just you, you just have to hold it like you can't you can't sell it you can't trade it you can't put it on an exchange and get rid of right. it anything you just have to have it. <laughs> so anyway, good lord, I hope that doesn't happen because this is the, that that's the promise of, of yeah. Bitcoin is that right. it's completely decentralized. Right, and you know I'm under no delusions that countries are just going to let a decentralized currency become the the order of the day. But uh, right. the fact that this is a privately owned currency or privately run currency. Makes it even more fascistic and scary to me than even a, a government-issued fiat currency,
1: right? That's the and that's the Boy. back and forth, right? No, I know. I'm like I said. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's definitely a theory that logically makes sense because it's the bankers doing what they do, finding ways to have control do it cheaply and like you were saying these private companies like you know Bitcoin ethereum all these are all those other coins that that seem to provide that level of privacy that you know we would want that we would hope would set us free uh, that would that would go by the wayside so I don't know that raises the question and to go back to the concept of everything is fake that's another thing it's like okay. Has this sort of technology, this blockchain technology, We know the history that has given to us, the Wikipedia pages and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But what's the real history of it? Is it a CIA thing, right? Is it a deep state, you know, thing? Is this the next phase of uh, our history that is planned for us? And they do what they always do. They make it seem like it's genuine. They seem like they it's private. They make it seem like, um, it's something new, and then they get us all pumped up and into it, and then boom, they pull the full, they they pull a fast one. Because here's my fear: if 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 here's where I get when I talked about like social credit score, digital currency, all like movement, freedom of movement, and stuff like that. It's like how hard is it going to be? And this is the doomsday scenario. I'm not saying it's going to happen. This is what I'm working against, right? But this is the doomsday scenario. We go full digital. It is through a coin like XRP, which is the banker centralized coin. All those other coins become, you know, they pass some bullshit law. They become illegal or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then they're like, oh, since we already have your money online, let's make sure we get your medical records online. And for your health and safety, let's link your medical records to your digital currency with your social credit score. Make sure you're saying this right stuff on Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And we'll use all of that to determine, you know, what sort of UBI you're guaranteed. You see what I'm (laughs) saying? (laughs) Like that's the doomsday scenario,
0: you know? And with the, there, there's a, there's a book, God, it was written probably a decade or more ago, but it's called, I think it's called like four felonies a day or something like that. Basically, right. everyone commits like a certain number of felonies every single day just because there's so many felonies on the books. Wow. And with selective prosecution, that social credit score, it's just asking for individualized tyranny. I mean, on the, on the order of, you know, Orwell or Huxley or something like yeah. that where you know yeah we're we're not going to lock you up in prison that's barbaric right so we'll put you on probation for a couple of years and then you'll get off and then you get off probation and it's mm. you know oh well yeah i know you're off probation but but for the safety of for for public safety we can't let you do this we can't let you do that i right. mean they're already doing it with gun control and you know uh, people who are off paper and off out of prison and all that are still not able to own guns. Yep. Now it's anybody who's like under investigation for certain crimes, lose mm-hmm. their Second Amendment rights, which, you know, love it or, or hate it, the Second Amendment exists. And yep. there is a very real slippery slope for things like that. It's just, you know, uh, that amendment can be infringed just as easily as the First Amendment or the Fourth Amendment or whatever it is. I want to try to get off of politics and government for a little bit though. For
1: sure. <laughs> you got so, me into it, man. I'm just trying know, to be, I'm just trying to play it. <laughs> no, just just no we can, we can talk for, we can talk for hours about it though. Yeah. That's,
0: and that's a, that's a problem in my opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. What do you think of psychedelics? I just published an episode actually this morning. Um, we're recording this on the 24th. Nice. Uh, so you guys will be listening in about a week. I just published an episode with the host of the Mycadelic podcast. His name is Oh Mike. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's real big on shrooms and sure. ayahuasca and other things like that. I've heard you kind of talk positively about it. I've heard some of your guests talk, you know, uh, try not to touch that stuff or take the hard road rather than the rather than the shortcut road. Where do you where do you fall on
1: that? I think it's just like anything else in terms of freedom. That's freedom related. It's like it's, it, if something grows from the ground. <laughs> I mean, why are we having this debate, right? But I mean, that besides that point, um yeah, so I have friends that are like Yeah. Sober only. And my Mm -hmm. point is like, yeah, but you used to do psychedelics and that helped you. So now that like now that you're on your part of the journey where you've decided you've moved on from them and you don't need them. Don't put your personal experience onto every other mm. single person on planet earth. Every journey is different. Every story, every life lived every, you know, the way we deal with our personal traumas, the day we, we, we deal with our heritage, we don't know the things, the modalities that are going to come into our life at the right time. That is going to be able to spark a change for the better. I mean, just like the neural rewriting of your brain is already signed. Like there's so much science behind it, but just in general, you know, just like going back to indigenous cultures, that's another thing is like, you see that they have like, they utilized these um, these plants, this plant medicine, for coming of age of you, you know youngsters or whatever, or healing. Right. So I can only look at my own journey, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: in my own journey, psychedelics came into my life at a time when I needed them, when I was at rock bottom, and it helped me refocus. It helped break neural pathways, re- rewrite them into a different way, and it and it, and it, it to me, it course corrected and brought me back to my original state of being. You know, I just think you know, children. Like, it's like you reach that certain age and then everything starts coming in and like whatever you, whatever trauma happens sticks. And it's like, nope, here's the rest of your life. Have fun dealing with that. Right. So it's a, you're right. It's like, it can be a shortcut. It can be a healing tool and might not be for everyone. And also it might not be for every part of your life. But Mm. to anyone out there, I would say the fear porn that has been poured down, you know, our throats. There's a reason for that. Just like there's a reason for everything with propaganda, you know? Yeah. So if, 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 if it's your religious background, if it's the fear porn, if it's things like that that are holding you back, understand that's programming. And that's what psychedelics specifically work to break. Mm-hmm. So I'm for anything that has the ability to break programming, set people free, heal and let people see life from a different perspective. You know, it's, it's, so yeah, I, I, I'm all for psychedelics. Cool. Yeah. My, my position on
0: it, and I, I've been thinking about this so much lately. So I think I'm, I think I'm pretty firmly rooted in my position on it. Although, you know, if, if some listener out there wants to differ with me, hit me up for sure, because I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I've never done, I, the only, the only drug quote unquote I've ever done is
1: weed and I don't really like it. We can, we can change that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, and the reason, and I guess obviously this is a, this shows my mindset is so 20th and 21st century America, but I just said the only, the only drug I've ever done is weed, Mm. but I've, I've had very bad experiences with it because I'm mixing it with alcohol, which, you know, in my, in my brain is not a drug right? right. because I I didn't (laughs) list that. Yeah and i'm sitting here drinking this massive cup of coffee uh, which, right. <laughs> which 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 i'm literally addicted right. to and uh, and that's also <laughs> not a drug anyway right. so i uh, i am intrigued by psychedelics because i am and i think most of my audience is sort of a hypermaterialist cerebral mm. thinker i'm not a feeler and i'm not a, a, and i'm not i'm not like in touch with the sort of esoteric or incorporeal world that surrounds me and is inside of me that I know exists. Right. The fact that I have thoughts tells me that there's some sort of, (laughs) some sort of thing that is not on the external material realm. Right. And so being that I do believe we're entering this age and have entered this age where that kind of thing is going to be super important. Yeah. And, even just, I mean, for for the sake of our survival, it's very important that we get in touch with this world that so many of us who are in sort of the enlightenment, modernist, whatever yeah. tradition, are not in touch with. And, you know, so yeah, I mean, we could all we could all go become Buddhists, or you know, if we're, <laughs> if we're Christian, we could become contemplative monks yeah. or something like that. But that's going to take years, and we don't have years. Right. Like sometimes a shortcut is necessary if you're if you've waited too long. Right. I mean, this is kind of the same thing with the vaccine. You know, I mean, if you're in your 20s and healthy and, you know, not, not obese and all that, fucking don't get the vaccine. That's not medical advice. But, you right. know, I mean, why, why would you? On the other hand, if you're 400 pounds or 70 years old and you don't want to have like a severe adverse reaction if you catch this virus, right. then maybe you should. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all kind of an individual thing. And sometimes yep. the shortcut or the easy route is the right answer. For you, maybe right. not for everybody, and maybe not for all times. So yeah, I like your answer. I'm glad that you come from a position of experience as well.
1: Dude, um, just out of curiosity, what what are some of the hang ups in your own? I like. Well, what is your? Do you have fears, concerns? Like, what is it? What is your thinking process of when I, you're like, you know, just like a like a mushroom or something?
0: Yeah, no, I'm scared of I'm scared of bad trips, um, like yeah. permanent damage. No, (laughs) I am scared that I'm not in the right mindset being that I am so materialist. Right. I don't want to go into it, but that's the thing. I mean, do you get out of that mindset before, before trying it or does trying it get you out of that mindset? Mike, Mike is very much of the opinion that no, no, no. Like you need to, if you're going to do it, just do it. That'll, that'll free you of that.
1: Yeah. I would fall. The other thing that I'm a little (laughs) bit afraid
0: of, the the other thing that I'm a little bit afraid of, and this is tough to admit, but is the, the, the freedom that it claims to mm. impart. I mean, it, it, I don't want to. I don't want to be so freed that I quit my job and am financially destitute, and you. you know, <laughs> cut off relationships and that kind of thing. Where, yeah. like, you know, I, I've heard that a lot of people do that, and I'm attached to those things, right? So the the fear of freedom is very real. I think that's 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 real for me. I think it's real for for most people.
1: I would make one suggestion then. I would say just try a (laughs) microdose. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Just a microdose. But you're right. You know, and I I, first of all, I respect your honesty and I appreciate that. Like to be open and like just like this is why. Um, Because a lot of people just be you know that that it's clear that you've thought about it, which is great. And I guess like for psychedelics in general, um, yeah. If like then do do whatever you would need to do. Like be with the friends that you trust. You know, don't take a lot right? You know, you know, do something and you know what I would really challenge you to do, do something you've never done before, before you do it. For example, Mm -hmm. spend a half hour meditating if you don't meditate before, and then you're going to learn, oh, so I can put myself in the new positions and it's okay. And I I might've had a new thought along the way, but I'm still me. I'm just exploring what me means. Just something to consider.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What, uh, what, what do you think identity is?
1: Wow, that's a good question, man. Uh, Oh, goodness. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't know. That's a really good question. That's making my brain go in a million different ways. What is identity? I guess what I know identity isn't is a good place for me to start. Sure. And, you know, what, everything we do, you know, talking about like leaving your job and stuff like that, like I joined the military back in the day um, because I was lost, confused, hurting, and felt like I needed to get a check twice a month from the man, right? And I didn't believe in myself. I wasn't leaning into my artistic, creative truth. I wasn't passionately going after the things that I love to do. And ultimately, I was, I was scared of just being me, right? So I think the things, I think part of identity are those, like, I don't have any desire whatsoever to be in a band, Right. I don't I don't have any desire um, whatsoever to own a bakery. You know, there there's certain desires that I just don't have. Right. So but there are things that I do like to do. I like to podcast. I like to make people laugh. I like to write, you know, I like to create. So if anyone so in terms of identity, those things that you feel on the inside that you think about more often than not. Understand to anyone out there listening, you're having those thoughts for a reason. So if you're not engaging with them, if you if you want to play the guitar or you stopped playing the guitar and you think about playing the guitar and you're not doing it, you're having that thought for a reason. That's part of who you are. That's part of your story here, right? Because I'm not thinking about playing the guitar and neither are millions of other people. So those unique thoughts... That if you aren't engaged with them, I think that's a vital part of your identity. And I think that's, in a lot of cases, the part of identity for many people that we just sort of lose ourselves along the way. And we fall into the whims of like, I need to be part of the machine. I need to make X amount of dollars. I need to be a productive member of society. I need people not to judge me. You know what I mean? Like those things mm-hmm. that don't even really matter at the end of the day. Ultimately, in my opinion, anyways, you know, the stuff that you don't do, that might be where part of your identity is currently not being, you know, fully realized.
0: I love that. So you hear a lot about like, you know, wh- what you are versus what you do and yeah. what you just said, combine those. That's a very, that's a very yeah. integral approach. Thank you.
1: Um. <laughs> it's the middle way brought to you by yeah. Buddha and I'm just joking. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Precisely though. That's, I mean it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect it's a perfect uh it's a perfect analogy I guess. Mm. So are you still in the military? No. Okay. I started your podcast at the very, very beginning when you were still in the military yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: am now catching oh, up damn. with the later episodes. So oh whole my good Lord. Missed. I apologize. I can't even imagine some of the things I've said. So I will say anyone who's interested in my podcast and if you check it out, it's a journey, right? So it's yeah. maybe, so a lot of the thoughts that I had back, you know, I don't know, episode 11, they've changed. I'm an, I'm an evolving person. Doesn't mean I'm not proud of like the content I put out, but that's that's the, like, I'm just trying to be as honest and possible as possible about my own personal journey mm. along the way. There was moments, don't get me wrong. You know, last year where there was temptation to be like, I want to be, I want to believe in QAnon because I, I know that there's like a nefarious element of yeah. corporate government control and here's the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be okay if we just just the plan. Like that temptation mm-hmm. was real. Right. But then you guys take a step back and I'm like, oh no, this is just Hegelian dialect. They're just controlling yeah. both sides and getting yep. us to hate each other. So yeah. Check out. Yeah. That was my <laughs>
0: experience with that identically.
1: Yep. Right. Right sobering but it's also freeing to be like okay they're not the answer good because when have they ever been the answer and when yeah. has it ever been you know worth it <laughs> yeah. oh um what was the
0: last thing i asked you identity so what yeah. what about this do you think that everything is subjective or is there objective Ooh. truth or is there objective truth and we just don't know it because everything's subjective or something yes. else
1: Right. So, you know, again, I I kind of fall in the middle probably Uh because it's like there are people out there who they understand this is like a quantum multidimensional understanding of self. So like I'm like I'm a mere reflection of you right now. So I came into your awareness because there's some subconscious aspect of myself that is now of yourself that is now being expressed through me, and it's your interaction of it, and that's the nature of reality, right? So there's there's thoughts like that, right? But then it's like, but I'm like, so there's some people that are like, um, even the focus on the vaccine for a second, because there's you know there's people that think it's God's gift to creation there's people that believe it's going to you know it's going to be sterilization it's going to kill millions of people and it's like the end of the world right then there's people in the middle that think it's just like placebo and they're like whatever you want to make oh. of it is what yeah i know right and, and whatever you want to make of it is what you make of it I, but then i look at it and i'm like well i don't know how i feel about that cuz it's like i can't placebo away this shit i have to take you know later today after i eat you know i can't yeah. pl- i can't placebo my digestive tract you know so if i walk across a highway in california 10 lanes to you know going back way like and i don't look left and right and i'm careful about it there's a good chance i'm gonna get hit you know Mm that so I, i when it comes to like manifesting the nature of reality like i do think there are actual like i've we are 3d even if like let's just play around for a minute and let's just say that we are spiritual beings of eternity that are experiencing 3D reality, all right? I'm sorry, atheists. Just play with, just for this example. (laughs) Then you can go back to being an atheist after this, right? Let's just say we we are, these are meat suits that our spirits are experiencing. Well, if we stepped into the meat suits, we agreed to the rules of the game and there are some actual rules. If I don't eat, I'm going to die, you know? So uh, there's limits to it. And I try to, you know, from my own perspective, I try to be practical about it. As much cool. as possible.
0: <laughs> so, uh, being that you're no longer in the military, are you, so how are you, are you? Do you do you like work a day job, or are you self supporting with your podcast? Or I am a struggling
1: artist. <laughs> nice. No, that's well, I, great. Yeah, <laughs> but I have. Um, thankfully, I have a. I was able to use a VA loan to get a place in Hawaii. Cool. And I and I rented out. So I mean, it's like in a, odd jobs here or there. Nice. But yeah, I'm on a. I'm a journey. I'm a struggler, just like anyone else. But because well, see, this is what you were talking about earlier. This is what you were worried about. You're like, you're like, I don't want to become the person yeah. that that doesn't have the things because they're they're mentally just like it doesn't matter because they yeah. took a they took a mushroom. No. <laughs> it's,
0: it's cool though. It seems it seems it seems uh it seems ideal, but also terrifying at the same time.
1: All right. But I will say this. I you know I am invested in digital currency. I did. I've 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 learned like management. So I am actively pursuing, and I do. And I have a couple of business ideas that I am preparing. I just got to figure out which one I want to go all in on. So I'm not nice. just like running into the woods. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> do your book
0: sales do okay?
1: I've only read one book, and it's gotten better. The problem is, is like
0: oh, it's gotten uh, better. It's better than getting worse.
1: Well, yeah, because you know when I, when I, I yeah when I when I released it, you know I had a, a know nothing podcast. Like who am I? You know, but sure. like as the podcast grows. And as more and more people sort of connect with me for whatever reason, they feel compelled to buy it. Um, so it's going up. But the issue, like Amazon uh, self-publishing, like you get like a, like it's like a, it's like a three. I think it's every three months they're like, all right, now here's a check. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, so the biggest check is yet to be.
0: <laughs> so one of the kind of hallmarks of faith and religion is the idea of redemption, salvation, nirvana, that kind of thing, yeah. and one of the hallmarks of the ascendant sort of religification of politics is that there is no such thing as redemption on the left. You know, you've got cancel culture where, you know, there are some people who have been allowed to apologize, but that seems arbitrary, completely arbitrary on the right. You've got QAnon where everything is war.
1: Yeah.
0: And sort of Machiavellian, just everybody is my opponent. Who's not me. Right. In your sort of framework, what, first of all, is there such thing as falling
1: out of atonement
0: or sin or whatever? And if so, what, uh, what would you say is redemption?
1: Right. So, no, I don't, I'm not a heaven or hell person. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we manifest and create, from that sense, heaven or hell right now, you know, perspective, <laughs> um, like point of view, like how you understand, you know, two people don't see the same event the same way. And mm-hmm. usually, you know, especially from an emotional perspective. Um, no, I, I guess I kind of I am kind of of the karmic wheel reincarnation sort of mindset. That's how I kind of understand it. Cool. Um, but with that is no, I don't think that there there is no eternal. For, there is like no end game of where you're going to suffer forever. I just it doesn't even like it doesn't make sense. It's just <laughs> like if if there if there is a god who created us just to say what if for a second like who loves us, for that to be like the final destination that they had chosen just because he didn't agree with them, this go around in this short little minuscule life, uh, supposedly through the spectrum of eternity. I'm not buying that, but I do believe like we learn lessons along the way. So with the idea of karma and reincarnation and stuff like that, I just think we're burning through karma. And I think we're, you know, the life that we're all experiencing right now has something to do with past lives and things of that nature. I know know it sounds impossible because we're in right now i'm physically conrad i'm physically born in 1984 and i will physically die in year who knows when right but i just don't think that and again this is a belief i'm using the word think so i'm not forcing this on anyone's throat and there's no reason to believe this but to me energy doesn't ever go away and we are you know we are the whole universe is energy so where do we go what the consciousness of us the the, the true nature of us and that's something that meditation has helped me with and this isn't something you new. Know, this is an original thought. Um, a lot of great people, way smarter than me, have said this. It's like when you do meditate and you finally reach a sort of a state where you're sort of separate from your mind, and then you're almost observing your thoughts. You're no longer like feel like they're coming from you. You feel like they're coming from something else. And then you start to say, Oh, wait, I'm not even my thoughts. What if you're not even your thoughts, how could you be your body? So then what are you? That's the that's the great question, right? And and I think there's, in terms of like heaven and hell and stuff like that, I just, I think that's the quest we're on. I think it's remembering who we originally are. And I would contest it's that we're all one mm-hmm. in that sense of collectivism. You know, even if you want to talk about scientific big bang, boom, you know, that's one. And we all yeah. came from that, right? So that's kind of where I come back to. And I think we're just, we're walking, we're, we're figuring out our journey home back to eternal nothingness but it's beautiful because it's bliss you know i'll tell you this like when you look at like cows like cows like you see those videos and uh, like you know like the vegans like they'll go crazy like they'll show you like cows like chasing after their calf their baby calf and like there's that moment of like great like torture and pain and all that stuff and then you'll see like moments where they're happy right but then most of the time they're just eating doing nothing, standing still, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. I say that to say this is, so we see moments, brief moments of high emotion from animals, but most of the time they're in a state of nothingness, like a dog. I would contest that's bliss. And I would contest that that's sort of a beautiful place to get back to as a human, because it leads to detachment. It leads to not being, you know, given into the whims, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of the external reality. So to go to finally answer your question, I think it's all about accepting the power within. Even the Bible, if you want to say that's real, if you the, the Gnostic Gospels, most specifically the ones that just happen to be left out of the the, the official Bible, <laughs> right? Just by mistake, just by mistake, the Gospel of Thomas just happened the one that is the most emphatically says that the kingdom of God is within just happens yeah. to be left out of the Bible. But anyways, uh, I think that's where we co- we come back to. It's within, and I think when you journey within back to your true self, you sort of reach a level of consciousness that maybe you had as a child that we all lost at some point due to the external. I don't even know if that answered the question. To be honest. I think it- <laughs>
0: I think you know. It, I think I think, it, I think it. I think it answered it in a roundabout way. It, you know, a perf- it, was, it was it was perfect. Let's just say that it was perfect. Cool. Well, uh, I think we should leave it there. I think that yeah. was a great a great stopping point. Yeah. I really appreciate your time today. Why don't yeah. you tell people where they can where they can find you? You know, by the way, Conrad is very tough to find on podcatchers. So if there's no, like I, a website, yeah, oh, really. I, I just had to switch off of Apple Podcast because uh, it just became completely inoperable on my phone with this latest iOS update. Okay, and so just searching Conrad comes up with like all these people named Conrad, yeah. and then and then like a bunch of socialist things with the word comrade in the <laughs> in, in, in the title. So if there's like a, if there's like a, a URL where people can find you, that'd be great too.
1: Yeah, I think okay. So I host through Buzzsprout, and that is oh con, great. yeah Conrad Buzzsprout dot com, and that has every link that you could get to your preferred podcast app that I'm on yeah Spotify yeah cool. I think Buzzsprout was
0: my original podcast host and then uh god they put out like a, like through their support chat, you know, the little, the little yeah. chat with us thing in the bottom of the thing, of the of the website, they put out like a, an endorsement of Joe Biden. Uh, and this was right after I launched. And I was like, you know uh, what? No. Screw that. I mean, that was the thing last year. Like my, the, the, the company that we use for expense reporting at my job yeah. sent out this huge, like mass email to their millions of customers and like also their customers' employees yeah. endorsing Biden. I'm like, man, uh, what? What the hell? Why why do we have to politicize literally everything?
1: That's I mean that's where we're at now. It's 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 full on like I saw I saw a tweet it was I forget the 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 phrase is flooding and it's like a psychological manipulation term oh. of like they just keep if you just keep flooding the same bit of information true or false eventually it's going to get locked into the minds of the viewer so when you look at social media you look at the the, the news good lord or just regular tv like i i was just visiting parents and i was like hey if i turn it to cnn i will I, let's play a game i was like is it going to be covid racism or trump <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is always one of those. Yeah, it was COVID. So so it's just like, we're flooded. And it's like, if you can, like, that's why it's hard for me to get into politics Uh because ultimately I'm just like, they're all working the same angle for the same end. And that's for us to be divided. And that's for us to give up our personal power. And ultimately that's for them to remain in control. And it doesn't matter if it's an R or a D. It's simply about what the corporation wants to push you know, yeah. this month to get it, to make it happen. To leave on a bitter note. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> and bring it around full circle. Though, yeah. so that's cool. cool. Thanks so much, Conrad. I'll put the, yeah. I'll the links in the show notes. Awesome, man.
0: Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Conrad for joining me today. And thanks to you as always for tuning in. Be sure to check out the show notes where I have links to Conrad's Twitter and his podcast. Again, I highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast. It's it's great. He does. A lot of solo shows, but then also a lot of interview shows where he's interviewing some of the most interesting people I've ever listened to. Some of this stuff is is a little too woo for me, but that's all right. It's all about opening my mind. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing or even giving them the time of day. I just like to hear what they have to say. As always, if you would like to support this show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can share the show with your friends. You can support me financially by going to blackbird.substack.com, signing up with your email address. There's the free option. But then if you'd like to provide me with some monetary value for the value that I give you by putting on this podcast, you can certainly do that there as well. And of course, you can always leave me ratings and reviews at iTunes. That really helps butt me up in the algorithms. And with that, that is another episode of Blackbird in the can. I will see you on the next one. And until then, live free.